So I'm like, man, that's crafty. So awesome. Well, here we're just going to dive in tonight, you guys. Thanks so much for just worshiping with all your heart tonight. And uh, just, yeah, they did a great job, didn't they? Awesome. Well, we just, I'm going to do a little bit of refresher because I just feel like when Jesus had something to say important, he said it three times. He did. And so I just want to talk to you a little bit tonight again about fire. Um, but I want to talk to you about the impact of carrying the fire of the Lord in our lives. What does it mean? What does it impact? Um, I think one of the biggest things we have to do as a church and as a, as a, our community is make sure we don't say phrases and slogans that don't mean anything in the long run. Like even tonight, you know, like I was just thinking about Jesus, I love you with all my heart. I do never want that to be a slogan. I want it to be a reality of how I live. And and I was thinking about the fire of God, and sometimes we can get all Pentecostal on it. And like, oh, the fire of God, you know, and then like we forget that the fire of God is supposed to be on the inside of us and dictating everything we do and how we live and where we're going. And this morning I was in Starbucks, and and I just wanted my coffee. and But all of a sudden I felt the fire stir up. And our bar- barista said, I'm deaf in my right ear. And like, it was like you knew then, like, the fire of God is supposed to make a difference right now. And honestly, we didn't even have time to check it out or anything. She was swamped. We just reached over there. I grabbed that hand. I said, let's pray. You know, and, and um, I'm just believing God did something there in, in Corpus Christi this morning in Starbucks. What am I saying? Fire impacts the way we live. And, and we must see that. So turn with me real quick. I'm going to just read a couple of refresher scriptures. Matthew 5. Matthew 5.14 says this, You are, a light of the, are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. I want to lay this idea at you that the truth is that fire is supposed to affect cities. Neither do you put it... Neither do people... Light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Remember the word right here for light is a blazing, raging fire, not a candle. And it's saying, hey, we have this candle that God has called us to, that that we have this fire that God has put on the inside of us. And we know that from Matthew 3.11 where it says, John John the Baptist says, hey, there's one coming after me that I'm not even worthy to hold his sandals. Because he's going to baptize you. It says this in the Passion. He's going to give you union with the spirit of holiness and a raging fire on the inside of you. And I believe that that's what Jesus is, is so doing in us right now and in our generation because he is tired of a timid, weak church. And he is reminding them that, hey, I came to put fire on the inside of you. And, and the New Testament believer was never intended to be without fire. Never. It was actually, it, it was an impossible equation to carry out the Great Commission, the commission, to commission with God without fire. And the problem is we've tried to figure it out, we've tried to create systems around it, we've tried to do all these things, and God said, the only way to do this is to burn. It's the only way to to heal the world. It's the only way for things to be effective. And so I just want to tell you tonight that the fire of God that I'm talking about is not symbolic. 
And, and I just want to remind you that last week as we talked about the result of being in fire, fire comes out of, it comes out of encounter with Jesus. Fire comes out of this place of as you encounter Him, oh, did our hearts not burn within. And then all of a sudden the response to that is zeal for His house has consumed me. Never be lacking in zeal. How can Jesus write, the Holy Spirit write that in the Scriptures if it's not possible? It's possible to never be lacking in fire. It's possible because the Holy Spirit said, this is what I'm looking for in my people. And then we, and we looked into this place of like how we're ready for what God wants to do and how we're carriers. All these things are the result of fire in our life, but they also produce more fire. And a lot of times in the Scripture, we look in the Old Testament of these cycles, you know, like Israel. I get so bummed out about their cycles. Like the cycle of like God tells them to do something and they try it and they fail miserably and they disobey and they cry out to God and he meets them again. I know that cycle. It's a pretty common one in the Old Testament. I, it bumps me out, right? Because the cycle was supposed to be something different. God tells them what to do. They encounter him and all of a sudden faith stirs their heart and they go farther and higher than they've ever been before. And this, this cycle I want to talk to you just for a second about is because the Lord was saying something to me about an inner truth that has to happen with fire. Because I'm going to talk about the impact of fire, but if you don't believe you have fire, it won't matter. If you're already having the enemy lie to you right now, I'm like, there's a few people with fire in here, and you're not one of them. Then, then that's a lie of the enemy. <laughs> exactly. Just laugh at it, right? Ha! Huh. But it's how he starts. It's how he tells us. He starts making us instantly compare. Oh, my fire doesn't look like their fire. And the, and the minute we do that, we begin to put a bushel over it, actually. The minute we begin to investigate how much fire we have, instead of just saying, God, I'm going to burn for you. And we, and we have to embrace this internal truth that as this begins to happen in us, as we encounter Jesus, as we begin to feel a stirring and, and even sometimes real true fire and heat on the inside of us, like, God, I am literally burning to be with you right now. As those things begin to happen on the inside of us, it actually is supposed to produce something. And I just, I couldn't, I could not talk about this before I get into the impact. And I felt like the Lord was saying that it allows faith to increase in the greatness and truth of the Father. It allows as we encounter Him and fire begins, and it's the New Testament cycle that God is looking for. You encounter Him, you begin to burn, you begin to respond, you begin to step out, and what happens the next thing, all of a sudden you have more faith. Right? Because without faith it's impossible to please God. Faith is the currency of the New Testament believer. What I mean by that is He's wanting to give us faith so we can step into the things that don't look realistic in our realm. It's the impossible becomes possible. Why? Because you have faith. And it's as you're burning with Him and as you're inter- interacting with Him, all of a sudden things that looked impossible before all of a sudden start looking logical. I love that word that, that Thomas released, hey, the impossible has to become logical. And as we embrace it and as we look at it, it's the cycle of, the, it's the cycle of what fire produces. All of a sudden you have more faith, you step out a little bit, God encounters you and all of a sudden you're burning more. See, there's a biblical example of this. Y'all believe me? There's a biblical in Matthew 5. 
There's a dude that lived in the tombs. He lived in the graves. He ran around with chains on and naked. Why? Because he had so many demons, they could not hold him down. He was so tormented by the pain and hurt and devastation of this world that he was useless to this world. And so they just said, hey, we'll just go chain him up. And guess what? They couldn't even hold him. So Jesus, I just think in all of his mercy, said, let's go to the other side of the lake. Can we go over there? They said, we never go over there. We're going over there, he says. They get over there. And this crazy man, this lunatic, I love all the words that the New Testament uses for him, the man in the tombs, the demoniac. Those are all labels they had for him. But something stirred in him. He said, I'm running for Jesus. He runs to Jesus. I can just tell those demons are like, no. He's like, I got a little bit of free will and here I go. And he gets to Jesus and he falls down and he says, Jesus. And then there's a conversation between Jesus and the devils. That doesn't matter. Because it had already happened. The minute Jesus, he fell at Jesus' feet, Jesus is like, you're at the right place. And Jesus encounters him with his goodness, his love, his freedom. All those demons get cast out. Actually, they cast out into a big old group of pigs. The pigs don't even know what to do with so many demons and run into the water. That's not even the important part of the story. Matthew 5. No, Mark 5. Sorry. I'm going to read it to you. I don't know if I gave it to you up there. Mark 5, 20. This is the demoniac, the man in the tombs, the one in the chains, ten verses before. It says, so the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. What happened? There was a fire that got put on the inside of him because he encountered Jesus. And he just couldn't help it. He was just like, I just have all this faith. Listen, he really, the crazy thing about those stories, he asked Jesus to come with him. And Jesus said, no, actually, I need you to stay here. And, you know, Jesus like, I don't need you where I'm going. I need you right here. Because everybody knows who you are right here. Everybody knows that crazy man in the tombs. And you go tell them what fire of God looks like. You go tell them what encounter with Jesus looks like. What am I saying? It actually creates a cycle that it begins to overflow and you step out a little more. If we don't believe we have fire, we won't increase in faith. If we don't encounter the actual fire of God, remember, He's a consuming fire. So if you say, I don't know how to get to fire, get with Jesus. Get with God, get with Jesus, get with the Holy Spirit. They're all a consuming fire. Just get with them. Let them light the fire. Then you just stoke it. You just let him stoke it. Let him stir it up on the inside of you. I want to say that because I believe that God is actually giving faith in here tonight to believe in the message and the truth of transformation for everyone. See, we're talking about some of these ideas. We're talking about being unhidden. This place of being unhidden in him. And we have to believe what God is doing in me is important. We have to actually believe it's great. Why? Because he's great. We have to begin to embrace something more than like, I'm just going to heaven. Yeah, Jesus rescued me 20 years ago. 
No, what he's doing in me right now is so great, i got to let it out. What's happening on the inside of me, this transformation, I'm a transformed person equipped to transform my world. What's happening on the inside of me, i got to believe the message. i got to believe the message. you got to believe the message of this place. It's happening in you. It's happening out there. And, and if we don't believe in the message, we'll never give it away. And so we got to have faith stir up in us that, hey, what's going on in me is good enough to share. And it takes faith. I'm not telling you to just stir it up, drum it up. I'm saying grow in faith that what God has done, is doing, and is going to do in you is, is, is enough to give away. And so we have to believe that with everything in us. All right. So that was, that was 515 anointing there. That means that God told me that at 5.15. Write it in your notes, okay? So there we go. I obeyed. Now, the impact of carrying His fire. I want to do these quickly because I believe the most important thing is to respond tonight. The impact of carrying His fire. Right? Because if we're going to be unhidden, we have to recognize there's an impact on who's on the inside of us. We have to recognize that, man, who I'm carrying can change every situation. And it really needs to remember that, yes, we're about to talk a lot about how we're the light of the world, how we have this fire in us, but it's Jesus. And, man, if we ever get that out of of motion, like, like, oh, I'm doing things, you're actually, Jesus said, hey, you did all these things, depart from me, you didn't know me. And I don't, I... I, I, I want to live in the tension of that. I want to know who we are and our identity and the child of God, sons of God, daughters of God. And the other side of it is, man, all the stuff that's coming out of me is because of the Holy Spirit. It, it says in, in Romans 15, it says all these signs and wonders and miracles were happening because of the power of the Holy Ghost, not the Romans. It says it, it says it so clear. And so I just want to, there's a tension for you I just live in. So the first thing that happens, what's the impact of carrying f- the fire of God? And, and this one is a little bit different, but I just felt like the Lord told me to start with this. And it's actually something that happens with fire and it's warmth. What happens? That What's the impact? A few of these are going to be impact on us, and then a few of them are going to be impact on our city, our world, our families, our jobs, everything. But this first one is warmth. And I just got to thinking... I don't know if you guys have TVs. I'm sure you do. I do. I don't mind watching it. There's some things I like. There's this show called Alone. It's on the History Channel. It's about ten guys or girls, I mean mixed, that they separate, send out into the woods with ten items, and they say, whoever lives the longest wins half a million dollars. Here's the problem. They send them to like the Arctic or the Patagonia or Mongolia. Or things like that. And they're like, okay, now go. And they literally just drop them off in a helicopter and fly away. They're their own cameraman, everything. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy show. Here's what the key to living and winning the game is. Fire. Whoever wins the game, generally the first person to get fire is generally the person that wins the game. Why? Because they got to get warm. Because they drop them off in places that are cold, not like Texas. <laughs> Like, it's like September, and it's like in the 30s. 
everywhere they drop them. And what happens? They got to make fire. So now they, most of them cheat and have like a little fire starter and stuff. That's one of their ten items. But they recognize they got to have fire. Why? Because you got to stay warm. Right. Because if you're not warm, all you're living to do is survive. That's it. And the people that win the game have to go from surviving to actually living where they're at and thriving. The last guy killed a moose in the show. Why? Because he had fire and shelter all figured out. And so he could put his effort towards the things that he needed to do to not just survive, but thrive in the show. Now, I know it's a funny example, but what I felt like the Lord was telling me is there are basic kingdom things that come from fire. There are basic needs that we have on the inside of us that are just supposed to be easily met by the fire of God. And like, you know, like when they talk about human nature, what do you need? You need need warmth, you need shelter, you need food. You know, there's basic things and all of those are provided by God. But if we're not burning, one of the things that is not provided is warmth. And it's really interesting. In Haggai 1.6, it says, hey, you're doing all these things to look like they're serving me. You're giving, but you have holes in your pocket. It says you have fire, but you're not warm. And I just begin to think about that, and I begin to think about, listen, we have to understand that this place, that one of the impacts of allowing the fire of God to come in us is it actually warms our spirit, our soul, and our body where we actually begin to receive the basic needs that we have in the kingdom. Everybody understand, I'm not talking about the body right now. I'm not talking about natural fire. I'm talking about God giving you something on the inside of you that begins to meet your basic needs so that you're not living to survive. You can actually live above that. I mean, it, it's neat that people invented fire. It's even better that people invented heaters. You know, I like, I like it. I get cold. I just go turn the thermostat up, right? What am I saying? I think that sometimes I'm still trying to make fire here. And God's like, I'll put the fire in you. Because I need you not to survive. I need you to thrive in this right now. Everybody good with that? See, I just, I, I, I wrote this down again. I, we are not called to merely survive. And I believe that we've had generations of the church trying to figure out why they're not warm and why they don't have basic needs. And God's saying, because you got to let the fire out. Number two, the, the second thing, the impact of carrying his fire is direction. And I love the Word of God. I love this Word of God. Jimmy, I love this Word of God. It's now making its way up here. I love the prophetic Word of God. I love the voice of God. I love the voice of the Holy Spirit. I love all of that. Why? Because I understand that it is part of the fire. And God says this, if you don't, Sometimes we say stuff like David said this. Remember, God wrote the Bible. It's a classic. Psalms 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Again, both of those words, bonfire. I mean, they can be lamp, they can be... But if you really look down to it, what they're saying is there's a big old fire and there's enough light to see. And remember how God, even in the desert, 
But the children of Israel at night gave them a pillar of fire. Why? To keep them warm. Right? And to let them see what was going on because he didn't have flashlights. And they had her living in the darkness. And God said, no, I'm going to show you what my provision looks like. And it gives you direction so you know where you're going. And I believe this, that we we have to be careful that we don't embrace the lie that I'm just feeling my way around to know what God's doing. I'm just feeling my way around. Listen, God is wanting to give you direction. It doesn't mean you 100% know all the time, but it does know this. I'm going back to my last direction. That's my compass setting, and here I go. And by the way, God's going to teach me and speak to me all down that path. And if there's a turn to happen, he's going to say, hey, Joseph, we're about to go last. Why? Because there's a scripture in Isaiah. There's a voice behind us that says turn to the right or to the left. But he wants to light our path. There's another passage in Isaiah 42 where it says, hey, I'm going to give you light. And it's actually going to make you be able to walk through difficult paths, and all of a sudden those paths are going to become smooth. Why? Because the light of God is illuminating, so what seems difficult all of a sudden becomes easy. See, God is wanting to give us direction. Now here's what I want you to do. I want you to all put your hands out. Because I believe this, that fire comes with direction. And we've been singing, fire fall down, and I'm going to burn for you. God wants to give you direction right now. He wants to speak to you. Maybe you're on the perfect path. Let him just say, you're on the perfect path. See, the most dangerous thing is, like, I know where I'm going. Stop it. Just say, God, I'm living for your direction. I'm, I'm, not, I'm one of those, I'm, I've got the readiness in me. If we're turning left, I'm turning left. But let him speak to you even right now. Let faith arise that the fire is a light unto your feet and to your path, the fire of God. It's not some symbolic feel-good. It's direction for my life. Let me just read you one while you're sitting there getting wrecked. First John. Oh, man, this new Bible. It's awesome. Break it in, Jesus. But if we keep living in the pure light that surrounds Him, That's fire. That word right there. We share unbroken fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus and His Son continually cleanses from all of His sins. What am I saying? When you get into this path of walking with Him, all of a sudden the things that are trying to tear you down have no power. That's the kind of direction I'm talking about. Sometimes we're like, I just need a yes or no, Jesus. He said, no, I'm actually empowering you over sin in this direction right here. I'm empowering you over you like you never even are tempted by that ever again. Why? Because the light of God, the fire of God is burning so much around you that you're like, oh, I know that path. I'm not getting on it. Listen, I know when I'm unhealthy now, I'm like, nope, not going there. Why? Because the fire of God is revealing stuff. It's not like I'm just like, how did I get on this path? That's, that's spiritual ignorance. Oh, I said it. Well, I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, I did. I'm just saying that God doesn't want us to live in spiritual ignorance and then always be repenting. Maturity is a place of all of a sudden we're like, man, that path, I don't ever have to get on that again and I know how to get on it and I know how to keep away from it. It's death. See, that's a different kind of direction than like, you know, the yes or no. 
Yes or no, Jesus? People still asking yes or no. He's like, man, ask me something different, please. I'm relational. Number three, the impact of carrying his fire. is Can you have him put that up for me? Sounds like fire over there with an H-E-B bag. He's competing. Well, the impact of carrying his fire. So we have this place of warmth, we have this place of direction. But then you can't go here without saying that there's a refiner's fire that's going on on the inside of us. Now, a lot of time when we talk about refiner's fire, it's really interesting how we always go to sin. And we're like, God's going to burn the sin out of us. Jesus dealt with sin. So then what's the refiner fire going on in Christians? Well, Jesus already said, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So yes, there is a righteousness to it. And that's obviously, it's going to be, when we talk about light, there's a place of that. But I actually believe there's a refining of what's going on is actually to allow us to get to the fullness of who we're called to be. The example of that is actually in 1 Peter 1.7, it says actually, and it's talking about trials, but they're just the refiner fire in that case, that it says that these trials are actually being tested, they're testing your faith so that it can prove genuine, and all praise and glory and honor will go to Jesus by what happens in people when people see your faith. Why? The refiner's fire was actually making your faith greater. The refiner's fire, in this case, it's trials, but I'm going to tell you, I don't believe that it's always trials in the lives of Christians. I actually believe the more we let the fire just burn in us, the very baptism of fire, it actually begins to refine us without having to go through all the mess. If not, then we have faith in the mess to refine us. We have faith that, oh, something's got to go wrong. So I was, that's ridiculous, terrible spiritual thinking. Listen, God didn't design us to have to have things go wrong to refine us. The fire on the inside is refining us. It's refining the gifts. It's refining the faith. It's refining the hope. It's refining how we love people. It's in, and when people see it and it's been refined, they're like, that's Jesus. That's not Elmer. That's what it says. And Peter, it says, the faith they see will be so genuine, they're like, they're not going to say, good job, Tom. You know, and it's fine to encourage people, but listen, to encourage, there's a place we say, man, Jesus did it. Whew. The genuineness of that, only God can do those miracles. Only God can do that. See, we, I think we've, we've thought like, oh, the refiner's fire, it's got to, Burn all this dross out of me. I just want pure gold. That's what the Father, He's called me pure gold. And so as as we just burn for Him, all of a sudden, my level of faith that was down here, all of a sudden He's saying, hey, let's go here. So what was easy for you, what was hard for you years ago is now easy, so now we're going to turn it up. And it's going to be refined again. Not through mess, not through falling, not through failing, even though those things do happen and it refines us. But if that's the level by which we say the refiner happens, I want to say it again. Please have more faith in God that the refining that's going on in you doesn't have to come out of trouble. And I know you've got all these scriptures, like, what about these? I'm just saying they, that will refine us, but it doesn't have to be. I personally believe, now this is Tim's personal edition that Joseph did not have to go to Potiphar's house to prison 
to see the dream fulfilled. Because God had already said it. And if he had dealt with that rightly in his heart and the things on the inside of him, God would have used him somehow to bow, those brothers to bow before him. He still would have been advising the king of Egypt. That's just my personal belief. Why? Because if we write it out that way, then they're like, oh, then we have to mess up, and that's what makes us refined, and that will get us to the end result. So you got quiet. Right, because I want you to see that I, I'm having a faith to believe that the work that God is doing in you is refining you right now. And your faith is better than it was yesterday just because you got in His presence. Your love level is higher today than it was yesterday because you got around love and all of a sudden you're like, I'm compelled by love. What's going on? And he's like, because you got with love. Hmm. Just making sure I said everything there. Said a lot. Come on, Jesus. Come just turn your fire up on us right now. I believe this, that the fire will keep our thinking renewed and cause us to be in the vortex of ever-increasing eternal things. I believe that he wants, to, he wants to help us in our faith. He wants to help us in our love. He wants to help us in our hope. And as we burn for him, you just get in this vortex where all of a sudden you're like, man, I, I told someone... Uh, if you were watching the Australia fires or the fires that were in Reading, which were just horrible devastation, and that's not the kind of fire I'm talking about right now, by the way, but those fires actually created their own weather systems. They created their own weather systems, and I believe that there's such a fire that God wants to put on us that, man, our, own, our whole atmosphere is just eternal. Our eternal man, all of a sudden, the temporary things that First Corinthians is talking about, they're not battling us anymore because, man, we have our own weather system. There's so much fire going on. And, and I just believe that God is wanting to do that in us, and that's what that refiner's fire does. It teaches us how to get into that eternal place. And just like, I, like I'm not happy with my faith level from a year ago. I'm not happy with my love level. Listen, if I'm not loving people, something's wrong. I'm prophesying it's not love. If I'm talking to people it's not love, I've got issues. I gotta get with the fire. I gotta hit with the fire. Why? Because I I'd rather get with the fire than the woodshed. I mean, really. I don't know about y'all, but my parents had this stick that we called the woodshed. And it was no fun. I guess oh y'all had babe. Wimpy parents. My parents had this stick. Come on, there it was. My mom had a belt too. She was a bad shot. And, but what am I saying? Listen, I would rather be in the fire and be getting refined than thinking that I've got to make mistakes and get into the, to the woodshed. I'm just going to keep saying it. Why? Because I believe there's a higher level of thinking there. Okay. The impact of carrying is fire. We got two more that are kind of together. This one is light. Just light. It's, it seems so funny, but fire creates light. If I turned off all the lights in here and just struck a match, now that's one match. I, I remember I'm talking about a bonfire, but one match, it's amazing. I've actually done it in here when I'm in here praying at night. One match will light up this place that you can see. 
Just if you move like this, you can see what's going on. What if there's this bonfire? There's light. That's why he can say, you're the light of the world. That's why he can say things like, hey, live as children of the light. Because you are light. There's a place where light is supposed to be coming out of us. And, and you know, I, I just want to dive in. I'm going to dive into a passage I love here. So turn with me to Ephesians 5. 5 8 says this, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Come on, just let that sink in a minute. You were once darkness, and now you are light in the Lord. The fire that's going on in you is from the Lord, and it is destroying the darkness that you were and where you came from. Live as children of the light. And then I love verse 9. It says, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Now, if you really begin to dig into those three things, those are three natures of God. That, that, that God is good, right? And His love endures forever. So all of a sudden, the manifestation of light in our life, the light, the fire that God is doing, is He's actually putting His goodness on the inside of us. If the goodness of God is actually going in, that's why it's so important that we believe He's good, because if we believe He's good, it can go on the inside of us. And all of a sudden, when, when things are hard, we can say, no, if it's not good, it's not the end, right? Why? Because the goodness of God is down on the inside of us. And it doesn't have to be the perfect day. It doesn't have to be, I got to do all of my favorite, these are a few of my favorite things. It may be you did none of those, and all of a sudden you're still like, man, I am burning with light. Because of the goodness of God on the inside of me. And then the next one is righteousness, right? And it's so clear that our righteousness is like filthy rags. That's why Jesus had to come. And he says, now you are the righteousness of Christ. You are the righteousness of Christ. It doesn't mean that we're not being purified. and It doesn't mean that our salvation is not being worked out. But it means this. You are in the sight of God the righteousness of Christ. No matter how you behave today, always gets a little quiet with that. What you know how to? I do probably, and you are the righteousness of God because you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. And He says that then moves you into right standing with God, and He calls you righteous. Why? Because He had to tear apart the performance, earn it mentality that was in the old covenant. Say in this new covenant, you get it for free, and then I'm going to teach you how to live in it. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and He's going to teach you how to be the righteousness of Christ. The fruit of the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, all those things I don't have time to talk about. But we have to recognize that part of burning is actually knowing that we are righteous. Now I'm going to throw a big statement out here. Oftentimes when we're living under condemnation of how we're living and all the things that we're not doing right, it's actually a sign that we're not burning in that area. Because when I'm burning... I'll let the righteousness of God begin to work in me. And first of all, it begins to change me because it transforms me. But also it transforms my thinking where the enemy can't come in and say, oh, you messed up today. You're a loser. You're not going to do it. All of a sudden I've got the helmet of salvation on. I'm thinking different. Like, no, but Jesus, my Savior, came and he he calls me righteous. All of a sudden the enemy loses his power. All of a sudden we start thinking different. All of a sudden, the fire of God starts making us righteous. 
See, we have to understand that we can't gain righteousness. We just have to believe it. Last one that happens in that verse is truth. It's truth that sets us free, right? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. It's truth that is going to allow us. So all of a sudden when we're in, we have this fire burning and this light of God and we're living as children of light and it's burning bright. All of a sudden, one of the things that begins to come out of us is truth. So this is a huge area for me, I think, that a lot of people, the refiner's fire is working on, where they have a lot of partial or incorrect truths that that fire is burning to make it purified truth. Now, I don't want you to have half truth. I want you to have whole truth. I don't want you to believe it halfway. I don't want you to just believe it because it's a scripture. I want you to believe it because it's on the inside of you. I want it to become alive on the inside of you. And truth begins to come something that's setting you free all the time. Oh, by the way, it's setting everybody else free that you're around. Because you're true. You're producing truth. It's coming out of you. And people are encountering it. See, God is looking for a people who will burn that way. Because a lot of times, how do I burn? Just If you'll just do these three things, I'm telling you, it will be revival in our region. Goodness, righteousness, and truth. Just let those things work in you and come out of you. And it says, find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in the secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is the light that makes everything visible. Now, I'm going to start this by saying that there is a piece of spiritual warfare in this. and it, But mostly it's by being, not doing. It doesn't say, hey, take the lightsaber out and whack the darkness. Really. Why? Because we, we've tried to be so naturally minded about spiritual warfare that we haven't just realized that He just needs you to be. Be the light. Just be in the darkness. If you're in a room full of light, you're not doing anything against the darkness. So it means you got to go get out there where it's dark. You've got to go walk around. And all of a sudden, the light, the righteousness, the goodness, and the truth that's coming out of you all of a sudden begins to expose the darkness. Now, here's where we've missed it. The light has exposed the darkness, and we thought, have thought it is our place then to condemn We have recognized darkness, which I want to just say is not hard to do. But we haven't let the righteousness and goodness and truth come out of us in such a way that actually disarms the power of the darkness right there and makes it visible in light. Now, I think most of you have heard me say this, but I believe the most perfect illustration of this is like like old 35-millimeter film. In the darkness, it, it... it, if it doesn't get exposed to the light, all these things can stay and produce and create more and more and reproduce and multiply. But the minute that film is exposed to light, it destroys it. It destroys that place. And I believe that the Lord just spoke to me years ago and He says, hey, that's what my light does to darkness. It actually keeps its ability to be reproduced. It keeps its ability to get into our mind. It keeps all those things. It actually destroys things that we've seen, things that have come against us, things that have happened to us, it actually destroys those things. And like, you know, people are like, I can't even remember that. Why? Because the light came. 
And we have to recognize that us carrying the light into darkness is actually going to expose it not to be condemned, but to be set free. It's actually that's enough where all of a sudden the righteousness and goodness and truth is, is making a difference in the situation. Does that mean there will be times you need to say something? Yes. Does it mean there will be lots of times you don't have to, you shouldn't say anything? Yes. Why? Because he's looking for us to live. Be the light. Just be the light. Listen, when darkness gets around the light, they know something's different. And the other thing that light does is it removes darkness. If I had Dan click those switches down right here, you'd be like, oh, it's so dark, it's so dark. And one flick of his finger, and you'd be like, it's so light. And that's how it is when we actually believe we have fire going on on the inside of us. We walk in, it can be the most dark thing ever. It can be a man in the tombs running around and say, I've got some fire to give you. And ten verses later, the whole region is amazed. We have to believe it that the light that's on the inside of us is more than a scriptural verse that says, I'm the light of the world. The other part of it is a very active verse. Get in there. And, and, and you know, if it's exposing stuff in you first, let it expose it. Let it destroy it so then it can go tear down things on the outside, like in our city, in our region. Listen, Christians have been too quick to create signs and go demonstrate when the world's just looking for a demonstration of power. They're looking for a demonstration of the light to come out of us. Solutions. They're looking for life-changing solutions. They're looking for God encounters. They're looking for, man, is there any way I don't feel the way I feel on the inside? And you're like, yes, the light of the world. Oh, and by the way, He's in me. Last one. It actually causes us to shine. The impact of carrying His fire causes us to shine. I'm going to go back to our original text. Matthew 5 says this in 16. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Those letters up there aren't red, but I want to tell you Jesus is talking right now. And he's saying there's going to be a fire in you and it's going to cause you to shine. It's going to be so bright that people are going to be drawn to you. Listen to what Paul says about this. I'm going to end with this. Let's just read 14. It's a good reminder. Do everything without complaining or arguing. Amen? So that, see it's important, you have to understand that 14 is so that. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and deprived generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. 16 says, as you hold out the words of life. What's God saying? He's like, I need you to shine. I made you to shine. I created you to shine. I created you with a space on the inside of you to put my Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, it's going to put a fire in you, and it's going to cause you to shine. What happens to shiny things? You go to them. It's just shiny, right? We were We were on a beach, and it was like, it seemed like miles ahead you could see something glistening. And we got up there, and it was a shell that had been so perfectly polished it was actually shining in the sun. 
You could see it from, it seemed like miles off. And, and I just, I just thought to myself, that's what it looks like. We're the stars in the universe. God's holding us out. Saying, these are my stars. Not superstars. Why? Because we're all stars. All of us. And he's saying, I got all these stars. I need them to shine. I want things to come to them because it's shining. Listen, I want, I want, I want the, the bugs to fly towards the fire. So what do we do with this? Well, I'm going to end with this, and this is, this is not heavy. This is just a reality, okay? I feel like the Lord began to speak to me about this place of being unhidden as a people, being unhidden in your workplaces, being unhidden and being this fire. And I just, I felt like the Lord just told me that the challenge to you tonight is to take responsibility for where you walk. Take responsibility that I am created to shine right here. Not like, I'm just not feeling it or... Somebody else will do it, or someone more holy than me will do it. No, you just need to take responsibility. Maybe it's just real simple. Take responsibility for the person standing in front of you. And just say, are they seeing Jesus right now? It doesn't mean you have to do anything. Can I remove the spiritual law now that some weird pressure, like you've got to prophesy, you've got to pray for them. To be holy, you've got to do all these things. Stop. Do what the Holy Spirit's telling you. It may be smile at them. It may be reach out and just touch their shoulder. I did that some of the day, and they were like, what was that? Why? Because I want to tear down that we create a new law over being spiritual. Listen, just do what the Holy Spirit's telling you, but shine on. Take responsibility. Take re- we got to take responsibility for our city. I hear the Lord telling me, are you going to take responsibility to win a city? Instead of being like, well, we're doing our best. No, take a responsibility. We're going to win the city. And as crazy as that sounds, was maybe 50 of us sitting in here right now. We're going to win the city. Because we're going to take responsibility for it. And we're going to shine. I wrote a few things that we need to take responsibility for. Your family. Are you burning there? Man, I know so many people that are full of faith for the world and for God to move and have zero faith for their family. They're like, well, yeah, the family's been hard. Are you burning there? Can you take responsibility to burn there? And again, please don't mean that you blast out an email and say, I'm now going to be the fire of God in this family. (laughs) Stop. A lot of it just needs to be just be who you are. Maybe you're taking responsibility for your workplace. Right now, there are people that don't know Jesus, most likely in your workplace. Hopefully not mine. Melody, let's start a chart. We're going to make sure that everyone that works here is saved, right? No, but where are you? Are you taking responsibility? Actually, we're taking responsibility to burn in this building all the time. Are you taking responsibility to burn where you're at? Your workplace. Maybe it's your neighborhood. Some of us still live in suburbia. You got neighbors. Listen, I got neighbors. I'm, not, I'm, I'm loving on them. One of them is addicted to Elizabeth's cooking. They just go over. Why? Because they, they're feeling the love of God. Every bite they're taking. 
Listen, are, are we taking responsibility for those things? Are we taking responsibility to burn? I was thinking about Aaron's shop. I'm like, man, I was just thinking about, we're going to fire on the door. Everybody that walks in there going to have an encounter with Jesus. And it may not be that we're prophesying over, they just walk out and be like, I feel good vibes in here, right? This Monday, I heard a client of his say, I feel good vibes in here. I love it because she had no clue what to say, that that was the Holy Spirit or anything. And like, ooh, I feel some positive vibes in here. I'm like, yeah, those are positive. Are we taking responsibility for what's in our hands? Then we've got to take responsibility for our city. We've got to take responsibility. They, we owe, uh, to quote Bill Johnson, we owe them an encounter with Jesus. We owe our city an encounter with Jesus. Let's get Jesus the reward that he already paid for, right? I'm going to end with this. In Luke, it says this. It says about the parable of the talents. It says, hey, you've done all these things, and I don't have time to go into it, but you, I, gave you, I gave you three, you made five. I gave you five, you made ten. He said, now, to the one with ten, he says, give them ten cities. Why is the currency of heaven in those stories cities? Because if we're faithful with the fire in small things, like our family, our money, our neighborhood, our workplaces, he'll give us cities. He will give us cities. He will look up and say, man, San Marcos is burning for Jesus. New Braunfels is burning for Jesus. Austin, ooh, that's a big one, is burning for Jesus. Why? We've got to be faithful in what God is asking us to burn in. And all of a sudden, we're going to look up and he says, hey, because you've been faithful in that, I can give you cities. Now, I know that that's a lot of big vision. But I want you to dial it right back to you personally right now. What's God asking you to take responsibility for and say, will you burn right there? Let's stand up. I said a lot tonight. I'll say less in the morning. But I guess that means you could handle it. Because I tried to just say only what the Holy Spirit was saying. And I, I just I feel it so strong just in here right now that the Lord is just is just wanting to remove this symbolic idea of like, ooh, I'm gonna burn like Pentecostal burn and like Pentecost burn. One is tradition, one is reality. Acts two was a total reality for the New Testament church. It was not like, oh yeah, we kind of got different that day. No, we started burning for Jesus. And I just feel like there's like a, a, a call to think higher right now in that area. To remove this idea of some symbolic thing and say, no, this is a reality of heaven. It's going to keep me warm. It's going to give me direction. It's going to cause me to shine bright. It's going to purify all these gifts and all these eternal things that are on the inside of me that my naturally, I don't know how to do them, and that refiner's fire is going to get in there and create them to be eternal in the inside of me. I'm going to be the light of the world. You are, but you got to believe it. you got to believe it, or it's just a verse. you got to believe that the fire of God in me makes me the light of the world. So if you just say, I'm going to take some responsibility to burn, 
in any of those areas, hopefully all of them that I listed, I'm just going to ask you to put your hands out right now. You say, I'm going to take responsibility. Now, no false responsibility here. That just leads to burnout. The things that he's handing you. But I do believe this. He's asking us as a church to take on responsibility for our city. And that doesn't mean that Sozo and San Marcos Community and First Baptist and Second Baptist and all of our partners in the city don't have a responsibility. We all do. But I can't answer for them. I can't answer for us. We as a church, a community of believers, are going to retake responsibility. We owe San Marcos and surrounding region an encounter with Jesus. And we're going to burn. We're going to burn and we're going to love and we're going to have faith and we're going to have hope. We just declare that there's a whole city full of Mark 5, used to be demoniacs, now evangelists running around in our city. And we just take responsibility for the belief system that says it can happen. We take responsibility to believe higher right now. See, I'm taking away the idea you have to do anything. You just have to believe more. But right now, I just I do believe there's a, sm- a special grace in here for those with families that have had a hard time just burning in your family, just saying, oh man, if you just knew my family. And I just I feel like the Holy Spirit right now is just saying, I'm going to give you the ability to burn, and it's going to make them warm. That's what I hear. It's going to make them warm. They're going to come stand by the fire. You know that everywhere the word warm is mentioned in the New Testament is considering fire, and that people are standing there to stay warm. And so not only is it going to make you warm, but it's going to make your family warm. And so we just, we bless you. And Yosef, just for you, I just want to say this, that the Lord is saying that what's going on in you now is going to rescue your children. It's going to literally come in there and swoop in there. And the first thing you're going to notice is that it's going to make them warm. They're just going to feel secure and peaceful and, and be able to start talking about living life big because of what's going on on the inside of you. So we just bless your, your boys and your daughters. We just declare over them life and encounter in the fire of God. Last thing I've got to do here. I know I don't see Emily, but I just want to say this to you, Scott and Susan. I actually heard the Lord say he's going to uncover funds when you were sharing up here. He's going to uncover funds. So I didn't hear the word scholarship. I actually heard him say he's going to uncover funds. So it is either going to be someone else is going to pay for it, or there is scholarship, or there's like, I actually do feel like there's something like with her that's going to have her name on it, and they're like, this is meant for her. And so we just we just bless your finances, but most of all, we declare it's going to be a testimony for people to have breakthrough there, and we and we just to say it's good. So we just uncover it. We pull back anything covering that money, anything covering anything that Emily needs for school. We just uncover that now in Jesus' name. We just bless you guys in the name of Jesus to say, go burn, go burn bright, go burn big, go burn hot, don't burn out. Amen, amen.